Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. As always, your host, Cody Mallory, on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. I'm once again joined by Joe Farrow on Twitter, that is at SwampDragonStan. And we are delighted to have Anthony Dittmar back after he missed the last episode due to traveling. And on Twitter, that is at AnthonyDittmar underscore. How's it going, guys? What's good? What's good? Uh, I'm glad you guys held down the fort last episode. Sorry, I couldn't make it. Had some some arrangements going on, but uh, glad to be back. You were doing some scouting, right? Yeah, I was at our competitors' <laughs> game. I was at the Bulls versus Wizards game. I actually got to see Spencer. He cleared protocols, so I was chanting uh, some Spencer Dinwiddie chants at the Bulls game. Jersey. <laughs> some Bulls fans didn't really care for that. They were, had some choice words for me. But that's how we'll keep that to PG right here for that. Um, the, game, the Bulls are really good. I'm not going to lie. Like, like I thought going into the year, they had like a bunch of like, there was one of those 2K teams where like you had like a lot of big names, but it doesn't really mesh. But they're good. Like they're very starter heavy. But if they get a couple of bench pieces, I think them, the Bucks, the Nets, and the Heat are like all on equal playing field as of right now, based on how the teams are playing. I think if the Nets get clicking, there'll be a tier above them. But the Bulls are really good. They won nine in a row, actually, before that, after the game. I think they lost yesterday, so, like, they lost the winning streak. And we do play them head-to-head, so hopefully we can catch up in the standings. But it was a fun game, honestly. Spencer played well, so that was cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sounds like it was a it was a good time over there. And I'm, uh, I'm more just annoyed that you weren't even on the last episode, and yet you still were able to gain on us. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I knew, I saw the vision. Y'all both had a win at the Bucks. I'm like looking at the net schedule against good teams. I'm like, I don't know if it changes here. The Bucks kind of had our number, so I'm gonna. I, I, you guys made fun of me for always going win. So I was like, like screw it. I'll go for a loss and see if I can gain a game on them again. Yeah, you guys were happy the when one, you beat the game on me <laughs> on the first the one time. This man yeah, well, I saw. Uh, I saw no Drew Holiday, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So I'll just take a win, but that clearly, like the next yeah. three. Bobby finished off what twenty six. Oh yeah, that's the real member of their big three. Yeah, yeah the big four maybe. <laughs> All right, uh, Anthony, there hasn't been too much craziness going on. It seems like the league somewhat settled down, but there was some big news yesterday, and. Some other small news, if you want to kind of jump around the league real quick. Yeah, so the big news, like like you said, the COVID stuff, like kind of settled down a little bit. Like that one two-week span where like everyone was going to protocol was pretty crazy. I think we're just used to some guys going at this point. 
Um, the Nets' upcoming opponent, actually, we're playing Portland today. They have a lot of COVID guys like Damian. I know Damian Lillard and McCollum are out for separate things. They have a couple guys out for, with COVID, like Norman Powell, so should be in that swing, crossing fingers. But the big news in the league was Clay Thompson came back after a two and a half year absence. He was kind of forcing a shot a little bit. I was watching the game, but like as you, like anybody that's been out for a while, he kind of get back, get back in the groove. He had a couple big three pointers, and they beat the Cavaliers. So it was cool to see him back. Draymond Green actually was injured; it wasn't going to play, but he wanted to be out there for when Clay was back. So they did the jump ball, and then after the jump ball, he fouled intentionally, which I thought was a pretty cool moment, even though like the Warriors are a rival. Kind of appreciate Clay. I like, like to see the NBA's best players play. So that was cool. Other news, I guess the Lakers are like five and zero, I think, with uh, actually five and one since they started LeBron at center, and it's kind of interesting. They kind of play their best doing small ball. So I wonder if like they start to go in that with the Anthony Davis, the five. He's been kind of like against that in his career, but maybe the Lakers kind of get going. And the Grizzlies been really hot. Like that's the big thing I've been wanting to say. The Grizzlies won like nine in a row. They're a really good team. Like they are like the fourth seed in the East, the West right now. And like they honestly like are exceeding expectations. They've hit on like almost every single one of their like draft picks the last few years, like Desmond Bain, John Morant, the list goes on and on. Like they have a really solid team. So I thought that was something to mention. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Grizzlies, we saw them smash the Nets recently. Yeah. They've been on fire. Um, Just a little quick update on the standings. The Bulls are still in first, as Anthony said before. The Nets are a game and a half back. You got Miami and Milwaukee, who are two and a half back in Chicago. We got Philly creeping up in the standings. They've won six in a row. They're only four and a half, four and a half back at first. So they're definitely something to keep an eye on. Those top five teams, I think, are going to be really close. I think those are like the top five teams going into the season. And I think those yeah. five were all going to be very close from here on out. Like, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, the Cavs are kind of coming back to earth. They're four and six in their last 10. They're only four games above 500, but they're still top six. And you got Raptors, Hornets, Wizards, Celtics, Hawks, all within two and a half games of each other from seven through, uh, yeah, seven through like 12. So if the East is kind of top and then there's like that next tier, and then there's the way bottom of Indiana, Detroit, and Orlando. That's <laughs> been very disappointing. Like they've been like playing terrible. Like they have a lot of role players, like where it's like they have too many, I think, where like they need to kind of like combine a few and try to like, Bundle them for a star, like a better player, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to win with that core. Like, Flint Capella or whoever you think is their second best player, I don't think it's good enough to win, personally. Right, it's crazy because Trey Young's been absolutely balling and they're five games below 500. So that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. Trey Young has just continued his reign <laughs> of like absolutely insane statistics night after night. And it's, it's, just wild to see. And I, I agree, Anthony. They have so many young guys that are, like, have so much talent, like a Cam Reddish, but he doesn't really get to shine as much. I think if you package him with maybe a couple other guys that they have, they could really use – like, say they package Cam in, like, one of their bigger contracts, like a Bogdanovich. If they could upgrade at the two-guard, that, that, that would be huge for the Hawks. Yeah, I think a Pelicotra doesn't help either. Like, if I was them, maybe I'd try to move that. It's, like, just a lot of dead salary, in my opinion, for someone. I think I think they would, except uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Onyeka Nkongwu hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah, and he's, like, kind of a similar but, player, like, just kind of a lob threat. Yeah, exactly. I would I would do a clock sit for Capella swap if the salary cap didn't exist. <laughs> we saw James Hall <laughs> sell together in Houston. He owes him a lot of that money, too, from that contract. 
Yeah. Um, all right, guys. I'm sure you saw it, but Saturday I posted a bunch of Twitter polls. I think there's five. Um, my mentions were pretty brutal. A lot of people were arguing. A lot of the polls weren't really designed to be close, but I still want to go through them, kind of get your guys' opinion, why people maybe voted what they voted. Um, all right. So let's start with the first one. This actually had the closest vote. It was 58.4 to 41.6%. Uh, which Brooklyn Nets team had the better role players? The 2020-2021 Nets or the 2021-2022 Nets? So obviously last season's role players were kind of different after the buyout market for before, but kind of all in all, um, so the 2020 slash 2021 Nets won 58.4 to 41.6%, which means Nets Twitter thinks the Nets had better role players last season. Um, I disagree, and then I'll talk to you guys about it after. But my reasoning is I think the role players are better, but losing Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris, these role players are having to do more than what their role is. So they're kind of taking on a bigger job than they should be. So it makes them seem weaker, and especially since the team's been kind of losing recently, that recency bias of maybe Patty Mills hasn't been shooting that well. So everyone's got like a lesser mindset on him, or LaMarcus Aldridge was out, obviously Blake Griffin's decline. But I still think the Nets role players um, this year are better, and that we're going to see that when Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris are back in the lineup and everyone can kind of settle back into their role. Um, Joe, which one? Which one do you think's better, and why? I chose I chose last year's team, okay. and that that is because like I was looking at it like on paper injuries turned off or whatever other reasons for people to miss games turned off. So like I was taking into account Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris like being here this year, but yeah. I was also thinking last year if you look on paper if there was everybody was healthy like I'm saying here in this fictional world. The Nets last year would have had Jeff Green, a good Blake Griffin, um, a healthy LaMarcus Aldridge, and a healthy Spencer Dinwiddie, and a couple, a couple other good pieces. So that's why I was just really looking at the team on paper from last year in my head. And, like, maybe it's just a lot of that I miss Jeff Green a lot. <laughs> but um, I, think, I think that's why I chose them. But, I mean, basically when we got Patty Mills – I really thought of it as, okay, so this is having Patty Mills is going to be like if we if we had this team last year and Spencer Dingwoody didn't tear his ACL. I'm like, it's just another insane scoring threat to put alongside the big three and all these other guys that we have that know how to play their role. So I was just thinking of it like that, just with the Patty Mills acquisition. But yeah. I, I think either way, I think both teams fully healthy, no – nothing going on like I don't think anybody's even close to the Nets regardless either way but I, I chose I chose the Nets from last year from just like an on paper no injury standpoint but it, it you could go either way and I won't be mad at it that's fair I didn't even really include Spencer Dinley when I was thinking of it just because he was hurt basically the entire season <laughs> but yeah I was a fair I point. look at it as like a full like point of view with guys that were supposed to be on each team as the role guys, you know? Right. My, my kind of, before we go to Anthony real quick, my take was Patty Mills is better than Landry Shamit. 
I think Bembry, even though for some reason Nash doesn't want to play the freaking guy, has been better this year than Bruce Brown was last year, kind of in the same role. Um, I even think that the Nets have been better at center this year with Claxton and Aldridge playing better than DeAndre Jordan was last year before he finally got benched. Um, but I definitely think it could go either way, and that's why the poll was pretty close. But, Anthony, what's your take on it? <clears throat> so, as you guys said, like, it's definitely like perfect world. It's like, completely healthy versus not healthy. But I'm going to look at it as a standpoint, like, who was there for, like, the playoff rotation last year? Because I'm not going to conclude Aldridge. I'm sorry he played five games. Like, he was on the team at a certain point. But he really wasn't, like, a role player on this team for the long haul. So, I don't want to include him. And like you said, Dinwiddie wasn't playing at all, like, from game three on. Like, it, rumor we have if he wasn't playing the conference final. Overall, if, like, all guys were healthy in terms of this year's team versus, like, what we actually had last year, I would probably go with this year's team only because, like, each each guy right now is playing, like, two slots up than it need to be. Like, I know Blake has declines and Bruce Brown has been the same last year, but, like, DeAndre Bembry gives more on the defensive end than Jeff Green does, in my opinion. James Johnson, too. And, like, the defensive effort the Nets have given, that's they need more. If they were fully healthy with, like, their offensive firepower this year, like, their top eight guys this year would be, like, their starting lineup be the big three, Harris, Claxton, First three guys off the bench, either Mills, Aldridge, and you can go Benbury, you can go Blake Griffin, whoever you want. I think our top eight this year is better than last year's top eight. I know you meant like role players, but I'm just going based on locations. Like, I think that there were like Joe Harris in that role playing, like, is kind of like a push. I give Mills the edge. Even if Dinwiddie was playing, I'd probably give Mills the the edge just because he's a better fit for this team. Dinwiddie's a guy that needs the ball in his hands. And like, unless like the entire big three is in the bench, that really wouldn't be beneficial for Dinwiddie. So I really think that, like, this year's team is a little better because you have Aldridge, you have Claxton, who took a step forward, you have Patty Mills, who's better, and I think some of the defensive efforts from last year's team was definitely hurting us in the long run. So I feel like this year's team definitely gets the edge for me in terms of, like, overall impact for, like, teams winning if everything was normal. Like, obviously, it's not normal. Like, James Johnson was supposed to be a big rotation piece in this team. Like, you had to keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with that take. And I just even want to throw out there that I really don't think the rookies have been fully unleashed yet. And I, it's, it's a name I keep saying, but I really think Kessler Edwards is going to make a very big imprint on this team when it comes to the end of the season. Um, I think he's kind of in that little, like, Claxton space where he's trying to get his conditioning back. You can kind of watch and tell even in his limited spurs these last couple of games, that he's getting winded relatively quick. Um, obviously, COVID has a different impact on everyone. But even me, like, I went to my bowling league, man, and I was winded from bowling. So, like, I can't even imagine playing a basketball game. <laughs> but And also, we still have the buyout market trade, so this Nets bowl players could change, and this debate could be completely different. This is true. Um. All right, next question. This one is going to be, I don't have to ask you guys your answer for this, but I still want to go into it. Um, which do you support more? Uh, you've been tweeted underneath it. This will show why Nets Twitter is such a shit show lately. Um, the Brooklyn Nets as a team or an individual Nets player. I obviously, Brooklyn Nets as a team, I would say is all three of us. Um, I really don't care about the individual player. Um, obviously, the individual players playing well allows the Nets to do better. But I sent out a tweet as kind of a joke. I was like, I don't care if Javon Carter is the starting point guard for the Nets if they win the championship. And everyone was like, oh, Cody, like, don't talk that into existence. I was like, if they win, I don't care who's playing on the team. Like, I just want to see them win a championship. I've never seen it. Obviously, none of us have. 
And it's like, I don't care who does well to do it as long as it happens. Um, Anthony, we'll start with you first on this one. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I really don't care for individual stands. I've never been, like, a stand where, like, comes to, like, the Nets. Like, I think that the overall success of the team is more important. It is kind of annoying, like, seeing people, like, argue about, like, who plays better or who's a better fit. Like, I see, like, Kyrie stands and Harden stands and Harden stands or Durant stands. And, like, yeah, it's, like, cool. We have more fans now because, like, we have these great players. And it's cool that, like, the fan base grows. And maybe some guys will stick post-Big 3 era, so it helps the fan base grow. But in terms of, like, this, like, fights about, like, like, like who's done the best? It's just stupid. Like, I saw a tweet, I think it was from Billy Reinsdor. He was like, if the Nets won the finals, you'd have all three stand accounts fighting who deserves finals MVP. Like, <laughs> not enjoying this, the championship. Like, bro, that's such, a, like I said, that's such facts. Like, I feel like that actually would be an argument if there was a case between a couple of them. But, yeah, I, you know where I stand. I'm a Nets fan first. And like, if, like, I don't care who's yeah. If we win, I'll be happy either way. I'll be ecstatic, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm. I'm I'm obviously in the same boat. I mean, like, I don't care who plays as long as we can win a championship. Like, I, I think, yeah, they our, Nets Twitter now is obviously full of individual player stands because we have three of the best players in the entire league. And it's just like, it, it's, it's foolish that after every loss, there's either one individual player gets blamed or, and then all these stands are going at each other and, it's one guy's telling them what their guy needs the rest of the team to do for him to succeed. And it's, it's stupid, but I don't <laughs> care. I, re- I really don't care who plays. We could, we could have TLC as our starting small forward. If we win a title, I don't care. If you More play bad, team. I'm going to make fun of you for playing bad or like, to be honest, like I'm going to be like, you play bad yeah. because of that. Like I'm not going to hold feelings because that's someone's favorite player. Like be better. Like if you play better, no one's going to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's mostly hard in stands right now because he's been struggling, like in terms right. of like, overall scope of the season. So like that's like the main thing. And I just feel, I'm just like, dude, enjoy the team. I feel like you just don't like how the players playing. Like we can the debate about that, not about. I just I just wanted to throw out a tweet, kind of go with this little thing. It's from DJ, uh, part of Nets Republic. He's hilarious on Twitter, King DJ underscore five two nine seven. Anyways, he tweeted out after Cam Thomas's game winner yesterday. Cam already more clutch than dot dot dot. Never mind. First response to that fat boy wearing 13. <laughs> next response was chill. Your favorite player is still afraid of a needle. <laughs> the next response is your favorite player is scared of a diet. So like these are actual things that are happening on that Twitter right now. And I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That's that is that is funny. <laughs> um, all right. This next one, this this one got probably the most heated out of any of the polls. Um I don't even want to say it, but should the Nets trade James Harden? Um, I'm going to let Joe go first on this one. Just so you guys know, the poll went 80.5% to hell no, are you dumb? And 19.5% just said, yes, it's time to move on. And there were 600 votes. So that's basically saying, what, 100 people thought it's time to trade James Harden? Well, Joe, you can yeah. take it. That 19.5% belong in the are you dumb category. <laughs> that's that's all I really got to say. We're, we don't trade James Harden. He's pivotal for us to win a championship. We went out and got him for us to win a championship. And it's that I guarantee you half of, the, half of those votes are Kate, are Katie and Kyrie stands that think that he's just washed up and has nothing left to offer. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't really have too much to say about this besides – 
So when I posted this, people were thought that I was saying that I should trade James Harden. That is absolutely not what I was saying, and I do not think they should trade James Harden at all. I think the debate becomes interesting when you talk about a max contract extension in the offseason, but we'll get to that at a later episode of the podcast. I don't want to discuss that now. I had people messaging me like in my message request, oh, the Nets should trade James Harden for Ben Simmons, right? Like, no. Ben Simmons, even this version of James Harden, Ben Simmons does nothing better besides maybe play defense and somewhat rebound than James Harden. And that would just not make the Nets better at all. So, no, no, no. Anthony, anything you want to add to this? No, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> like, just, it's not being needed yet. Not, you're not getting a better player for James Harden unless you're getting Giannis or Steph Curry. That's it. Like, you don't do it. It makes no sense. <laughs> all right. Well, throw... as the, the, the chemistry. I'm just saying, like, that's yeah. the only time you can make an argument. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out there to kind of go along with this. I'm going to ask both of you. Just want a yes or no answer. This trade's on the table for the Nets. It's not, but hypothetically say it is. James Harden for Dame Willard. Anthony, are you doing it? Yes or no? No. Joe? No. Just because we have Kyrie, though. I mean, to be honest, if like, it was like a different team, then I think about it. But I'm just Okay, fair enough. Um, this, this one also got pretty heated between the stand accounts. Um, there was almost 1,300 votes on this, which really shows that individual player accounts are very real, especially the ones that follow me, I guess. Um, but at their peak, who is a better basketball player? It was Kyrie Irving or James Harden. Um, 24.9% said Kyrie Irving, 75.1% said James Harden. Anthony, I'll let you start first on this one. Okay, so this is an interesting question. Um, in terms of, like, God-given talent, like, I think that's Kyrie Irving. I don't think it's a debate just in terms of, like, what he was blessed with in terms of like, candles and all, like, all together. In terms of, like, what they've accomplished in the NBA, who's been the better the better career, it's James Harden by a mile. He should be a multiple-time MVP winner. He only has one. Like, he's been, like, a top-five player at, like, various parts in his career, I'd say at least over a five-year stretch. You can argue, like, this year, obviously. Probably not, but... Kyrie Irving has never been a top five player in the NBA. Like, sorry, like he's he's a great player. Probably his peak is like top 15. And that's still nothing to like hold against. But like James Harden's had the better basketball career. And there's not really a debate to this. Joe? I completely agree. Uh, I think it's James Harden and it's not even really close. And that's no disrespect to Kyrie. But I think it's just like when you look at their overall careers, like Anthony said, James Harden has been like top five in MVP voting for like six years straight. It's like it's unreal with the run that James Harden has been on in this like, like after the early stage of his career when he really got to Houston and he decided like, I'm that guy now. Like I'm going to average 37 points a game and you can't do anything about it. And it's like, and like Kyrie at his peak, like Anthony said, he's probably like top 15 player in the league. But James Harden is just like that guy. He was just like, he. they had people guarding him with it, their hands behind their back. For, for like a year and a half. I'm like, how do you – He James Harden is – I think it's he's easily a better player at his peak than Kyrie Irving. Also, you have to factor in investability is availability. At certain points his career, Kyrie just hasn't been on the court. And we've seen it with the Nets right. for various reasons. Like he's just he's, – he's a lot of injuries in his career, and it's just like Harden's been like an Iron Man up until last year. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to go with it was – James Harden has been more available. Obviously, Kyrie Irving has won a championship, which, I mean, has to factor into the debate somewhat. Um, But I would still say James Harden. I would say that Kyrie Irving 
is really in its peak time right now. And it's really a shame that we don't get to watch him more than we haven't seen him in a while. But overall, I'm also saying James Harden. You saw his stats for like the Nets. I think he's only played like less than half the games he's been a member of the Nets. Yeah. Yeah. Which last year was like PTO, I guess you call it. (laughs) And then this year (laughs) the vaccine. Right. It's it's really hard to say like when is Kyrie Irving's peak? Because he's what he's 28 right now. That's like your prime year. He wasn't like he was good with Boston, but he wasn't amazing. Like, would you say his peak was when he was on the Cavs with LeBron? I think that, like, playoff run was definitely, like, the highlight of his career because he, like, in that finals, I know in that one game he dropped, like, 40 points and he was playing out of his mind. I know in the first finals he just wasn't playing at all. Um, but in general, I think it's definitely uh, – it probably late Cavs, like, maybe now if he was playing, but not the Celtics for sure. He kind of struggled there a little. Well, last last season was the best year of his career, statistics. True. Statistically. But the Cavs days were like his coming out party. That's really what it was. It was just like that was his arrival. And it's like a lot of times he showed flashes of like, okay, this is what I'm this is what I'm gonna be. And that's exactly what he is. He's gotten better and better every year. The Celtics, it's just like it wasn't a great fit for him because he was trying to get everybody else more involved and, like, not playing his own brand of basketball. Right. But I think, I think yeah, like like you were saying, I think now is Kyrie Irving's peak. And, I mean, 27 points per game on 50-40-90 is pretty ridiculous. But <laughs> for sure, it, if he's able to play a full season, like you said, he's not even 30 years old yet. And that's still peak age. So I think he, he'll just only continue to get better because he's a master – of his craft, Kyrie Irving, and I agree. He, he works tirelessly to just get better every single day, and I think that's exactly what he's doing in this time off, and I think he's just going to continue to get better. I completely agree. I, I like I find myself rooting for the players or teams or et cetera in life that always get disrespected, and Kyrie Irving is one of the most disrespected athletes, I think, in all of sports in the United States. So I'm always rooting for him, and like yeah, like we both said, I think when he can, if he can finally consistently get on the court for this next three or four years, then we might look back at this debate a little differently. But for now, I'm also I think all three of us said James Harden is particularly not close at this point in time. Um, last question before we quickly go into a recap of the two games that we saw since we last talked, um, which pair of players has played better together so far i'll even push it one farther for us and if the nets could only have two of the big three which two would you want but Kyrie and durant got 55.4 percent of the vote Harden and durant got 11.9 and Harden and Kyrie got 32.8 so by far people think Harden and durant are the worst combo on twitter obviously that recency bias again was probably factoring into that and the stand accounts fighting but joe i'm going to start off with you on this one uh so this is a tough question by the way like you really can't go wrong because they're all three amazing players but if you had to choose (laughs) so when i think about it it's like okay we had to get we had to go out and get james harden because the just the two of Kyrie and KD wasn't working exactly to plan. Um, 
right now, obviously, we're struggling without Kyrie. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'd probably just say Kevin Durant and James Harden because okay. just because those are the two most talented players. I would, No, I won't say talented. The two best players. And because James Harden, when he's not – like, obviously, this year he struggled. But leading up to this year, James Harden and Kevin Durant were widely, were widely regarded as two of the top five players in basketball. And the and but most accounts they still are top ten at at worst. So, yep. I mean, I I'd probably have to go James Harden and Kevin Durant, but I think you that combo with this current play style of James Harden definitely needs another um definitely needs another ball handler, which is like an upgrade from Patty Mills, i.e. Kyrie Irving, <laughs> but right. And again, nothing against Patty Mills. Patty's been great. He struggled recently, but I think I'd probably have to go with Harden and Harden and uh, KD. All right, um, I'm actually going to agree with Twitter on this one. I'm going to go with Kyrie and Durant. I know everyone the struggles at beginning of last season. It's fair, um, but you got to remember Kevin Durant was just coming back from his Achilles injury. The Nets were getting used to Kyrie and Durant playing together. Um, I saw what. Kyrie and Durant were doing to Milwaukee in the playoffs. And that's what I remember from that duo more than what I remember in the beginning of last season when they were struggling, they couldn't stop anyone. And I think the Nets were kind of just gelling at the time. They had a bunch of new pieces. They made the trade. So like everything was constantly changing and in flux with that team. So I think that's why Kyrie and Durant struggled, Um, especially now. I hate to say it, but I, This is still a shell of James Harden, in my opinion, and he hasn't been great, I would say. (laughs) But that's my take. I'm agreeing with Twitter, Kyrie and Durant. Anthony? So on paper, like, like based on, like, the the record, obviously, I think Kyrie and Harden are the best record together. But in terms of, like, the long haul, I think that Durant and Kyrie definitely have the best chemistry in terms of, like, how they can play with one another the best. I think James Harden just excels better when he has the ball in his hand, dominating with role players. I think Durant and Kyrie kind of play each other with each other well because they both can shoot off the ball. Like if you ever notice, whenever James Harden gets like a wide open three, he never takes it. Like in terms, he has to like at least dribble a few times. Like I never see James Harden take a catch and shoot three. I just think with like you know that many stars, you need to be able to do that. So that's why I think Durant and Kyrie are the best combination because like if Durant's getting double, he kicked to Kyrie in the corner. It's open three, vice versa, or different role players. So if it's Harden, he kind of like needs to just dribble at the clock, and we've seen a lot of like fadeaway threes and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Um, obviously, I think the easiest answer is just all three. I think the three complement each other very well when they finally play together. But <laughs> um, All right, so let's quickly go through these recaps. Um, there's really not too much for me to say. It's kind of been the common theme, but it feels repetitive to me. The Bucks game, I honestly have nothing to say. That game was a shit show. Nets got embarrassed, didn't show up once again. Um. They were careless. They didn't shoot well. They couldn't make any threes. They it was just bad. Like it was boring to watch. And the rookies gave up some life, but it was too much, too late. As once again, 
you guys want to add anything to this game? Like, I think it's just throw away and sucks <laughs> at the Nets lost another top team, especially the Bucks, because you have a feeling they're going to meet in the playoffs at some point. But I really have no takeaways at all from this basketball game. <laughs> we just please beat a freaking good team. Like, I'm sick. <laughs> we beat yeah. our own eight versus the NBA's top eight teams. Our best win this year is probably Cleveland and then everybody else. So I don't know if we should include that. It'll be Philly or like, just kind of bad, like considering like how many teams yeah. we played. Time to beat a good team. Maybe beat the Bulls Wednesday. That'd be fun, right? Beating a good team. Wednesday night in Chicago coming to you. Kind of weird. That's kind of weird. <laughs> no, yeah, there's, there's much to say about that uh, Bucks game. It was just upsetting. They didn't show up yet again, and it was just like, well, uh, I don't even know what. Really. Never nervous, right? I'm nervous about them. Even fully healthy, I'm nervous about the Bucks. They have like that chemistry, like from last year's championship run. They're a good freaking team. Like fully healthy. I don't think it's gonna be like a cakewalk. Like I don't I think we'll still beat them, but like it's not gonna be a cakewalk. Yeah, I agree. I even said last year all season that Milwaukee, even when they were struggling in the beginning, that they scared me the most for the Nets, and I got a bunch of shit for it. But the their big three of Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton are very, very good. They can both – they're all three are, like, two-way players. So, they're definitely something to keep an eye on. But let's forget that game ever happened. Let's move on to the Spurs game from yesterday. Um, it was, once again, kind of the same story of the Nets get out to a lead, then they let them back in the game. Um, the Spurs were incredibly depleted, so everyone was kind of hoping it was going to be a blowout. I know the line on DraftKings was minus 10.5 for the Nets. Obviously, that didn't happen. The Nets won off a kill-a-cam floater in overtime, 121 to 119. Once again, like, it's really hard to make any takeaways when you're, lose, when you're missing Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris. So, like, I really don't have anything else to say about this game either. Besides that, the Kess Express, Kessler Edwards, looked good in his 12 minutes, and I want that boy on the court more. But Anthony or Joe, you guys want to add anything? Um, we need no. to close the games better. Sorry. You want to go, Joe? No, you got it. Go ahead. Close out games better. Like, teams like that, when it's like DeJounte Murray and the G League Spurs, you should be up by 15-20 in the fourth quarter. I'm not saying every game needs to be a blow against bad teams, but we don't have them ever. So it's like time to start getting some of those wins because Kevin Durant – James Harden are really getting like their minutes up there. Like they're playing 40 plus minutes. We're going to have to start resting them some games just so they're like fresh for the playoffs. You don't want them to have tired legs. Like that's a game where you should do that. Matinee game at home, pick it up. I, yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. That game should have been over going into the fourth, but instead we had to go come to the uh, eventual conclusion where KD had to give the ball to Cam Thomas to put a floater to put the game away. It was just like in overtime against the Spurs. Like, it's we've just got to be better than that. I agree. And what really sucks is it should have been over, like you said, and we shouldn't see Kevin Durant and James Harden logging 43 and 44 minutes, um, especially when they got another game tonight and they have to travel. But they're both going to play, um, so it's time to make picks. Anthony, you're two games up on me and Joe. So <laughs> lucky for you, you get to pick first, my friend. I will pick um, first. So I'm going to go. So we, got, we got Blazers tonight. Blazers, it's Bulls and Thunder. Yep, so you got to pick all three. <laughs> Ready? Thunder Blazers, yeah. win. Bulls, first good, 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 good win of the year, win. OKC, win. Uh, Joe? I'm going to copy Anthony. I'm going three wins. You guys suck. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm also going to go three wins. 
So we're all picking the same thing. No ground will be made. Oh, two up. No point lead. Will... Let's go. <laughs> no, no fun will be had. But I feel like you guys uh, are more afraid of them lo- you picking a loss against the Bulls and then you picking up another game. You'd rather just keep it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. If the game was in Brooklyn, I would have picked the Bulls. But I think in Chicago, the Nets are going to win. Yeah. yeah, I think, by the way, Anthony only has one win over me. He has eight, I have seven, and you have six. Oh, I have six? All right. I didn't know that. That's fair. Actually, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to change my pick. I think they're going to lose to Oklahoma City at home in Brooklyn back-to-back <laughs> back after Get the out. game against Get Chicago. Out. Get out. So I'm, I'm going win against Portland, win against Chicago, loss against OKC. Because I got to make us some ground. I don't think they're actually going to lose, but I think it's the best chance out of the three. And I can't just play passive and let you guys beat me. <laughs> it's a long season, man. I don't know. Picking the loss against OKC could be a <laughs> – that's your choice. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm taking it. Win-win loss. Oh, you probably could have made up some ground on the West Coast road trip. That's going to be a tough trip to pick. But oh, that's, you, that's you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, anything else you guys want to talk about real quick? Or I think we pretty much covered – most of it, I, I was very interested in the Twitter polls. Like I said, it kind of blew up my Twitter mentions all day Saturday. So, yeah, let's go next. Let's start picking up some wins. And like, like we got a tough, not tough schedule, but like we have a lot of road, a big road trip coming up after this week. We have a lot of games this week, some makeups. So let's try to stay hot and like try to get hot. I mean, and like try to get back on the winning ways. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm ready to get some wins, and I'm glad to see Kyrie go to play two games in a row. So let's go. I'll even one up you. I'm excited to see Kyrie play six out of eight in the next the next next eight games. Six of them are on the road. So, isn't it also eighteen like or something like that? What was that? Isn't it also like thirteen of eighteen are on the road? Yeah. Yeah. So they play two on the road, two at home, four on the road, two at home, and then five on the road, all in the, all in a row. But so we're gonna see plenty of Kyrie. Um, once again, this is the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. Your host, Cody Mallory. Please comment, like, subscribe, follow us, tweet at us, interact. And I was once again joined by Anthony Dittmar and Joe Farrow. Let's go, Nets. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.